Hi, friends. This is Pastor Dan Jackson. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Jacobswell Church. My hope and prayer is that this message will be a blessing to you and lead you into worshiping and enjoying our great and gracious God. With that said, let me encourage you to use this message as a supplement to and not a replacement of a local church. Christ did not establish his church simply for us to consume messages, but so that we could be intimately invested in each other's lives as an authentic covenant community. Again, thank you for listening. And if you want more information about Jacobswell Church, please visit our website at www.jacobswellgb.org. As we've done over the last 24 hours or so, we've talked about love's competitor in the world, love's poison and sin, and, and now we'll talk about love's power. How do you get the power to love your brother? And I'm not talking about the ones that are like easy to love. I'm talking about like the scoundrels, like the, the ones that stay too late when you've given all the hints, you know, those guys. The ones that it's their turn to pay like three times ago. How do you have the power to love them? I don't know about in your family, but my family fights. My kids fight. My wife and I fight. We fight with the kids, and the kids fight with us. We fight. We fight and fight and fight. (laughs) And when my kids fight against each other, I don't know um, if you've ever been around a bunch of kids, like if you've ever done Sunday school, and they all had a big fight, and they start to come to you, and they recount their story to you, right? And you're like, okay, that was a pretty good argument. And the other one comes, and you're like, oh. I, and it's, it's kind of confusing, you know? You're like, I'm not really sure. You're measuring. Well, delivery was pretty convincing from that one. But that one's kind of biased because that one can manipulate the other one. It's like this game we were playing that I'd sort of learned, uh, whatever that game was we displayed. It, where there's, there's, there's like, oh, there's good evidence here, but it's a little bit shaky, and you're going back and forth, and when, when you're with somebody like that, it's like, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I don't know. Uh, and if you've been around children much, you, you can say that. Like, what is true? Tell me, <laughs> like, what is true? And in this passage today, it helps us to have just a, a helpful rubric to, to know this is what is true in the pathway to love. And this is what's not true. And it will lead us away from a life of love and fulfillment. Uh, this is uh, 1 John 4, 1 through 4. <clears throat> Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world, and by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard was coming and is now in the world. Little children, you are from God, and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, I'm just so grateful for your intervention already in these men's lives and, and how you come and how you help us. And so we just, we just call in the same script. We call on you again to, to come and help us. That you might be the teacher. That you might be the helper. That you might be the one that both exposes us and encourages us. So be that, we pray. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. 
Um, it doesn't take you long before in this passage, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Again, I don't know if you use that in your everyday life, because oftentimes, kind of in our context, we will, um, the thought that there are spirits in the world, it's kind of like, really? <laughs> really? Aren't we kind of past that in 2023? That there are spirits? Really? Because we were like, no, no, I'm very rational, I'm very logical, and that is the, that's, the, that's the highest way to see the world, is in this rational, logical way of thinking. And you can always tell the sufficiency of a worldview if it can stand alone in a lot of different areas, right? Um, so if you have a worldview that answers a lot of the deeper questions of life, then it functions. And oftentimes we're like, well, as men, maybe you've been speaking with a, with a woman who's like, well, I'm a man. So I'm rational and logical, right? Maybe you wouldn't say that, but you might tilt your chin like you're saying it, right? But it doesn't, but we get real spiritual when we fall in love, right? It's like, oh, that guy's got it bad. Oh, man, it's Cupid's arrow. I don't know what's come over him. And we start to, we start to borrow, <laughs> we start to borrow from non-rational language. And most of the world, if I can just use a democratic analogy, most of the world thinks in terms of spirits. And we have this very tiny, in the history of a whole world, we have this very tiny population that thinks that rational is the only way to think. Uh, when I lived in Spain, um, <clears throat> uh, in Castellano, which is one of the five uh, languages in Spain, but there's one called Pais Basco, it's one part of Spain, and they have this language, and they, they, they say they're the oldest language because Noah, that's where Noah landed. They're very confident in themselves. And I remember, uh, I remember this one guy talking to me, or, or no, I was in a Spanish class, and he said, you know, we have no curse words in our, all of our language. And I was like, really? He's like, oh yeah, we always have to borrow them from the other version of Spanish. <laughs> and so he was doing his País Vasco language, and then he would just throw out all these curse words in, in the Spanish that I knew. It's, it's insufficient. It, if, if, we have, if we have to borrow the language from the spiritual when we're doing really bad, when we're really in love, when we're really excited, when we're really blessed, then maybe just the rational is not sufficient for us. And in John it says that we have to test the spirits. It's like, okay. Okay, what, is that, what does that mean? <laughs> because there, even, even in the Bible, it talks about how a spirit is sent into the mouths of the prophets in 1 Kings, and it's sent a lying tongue. So it does a couple things. And I want, I want to specifically talk, about, talk to you about people that you know that love conspiracy theories. Because, right, everybody's thinking about them now. You're all thinking, you got their face in your head, right? And we kind of think, that person's crazy. But just think that they are made in the image of God. They are made in the image of God. And they can sort of have something come on them that changes their mind. We talk about brainwashing, like that's sort of how we kind of understand it. But if there's a real spiritual realm outside of us that we're more than just a bag of bones and blood that can do math and do Excel, then, then, there's, then there's more to us. So we actually have to give dignity to those in our midst that may 
have expanded. I'm, I'm not saying that anyone that believes a conspiracy theory is consumed by the devil, but what I'm saying is let's open up our minds that there's more to the way that we think than just our rational mind. If you can just suspend the judgment, just for a second, that there's more going on in the world than bones and blood, like there's more to us, that there's a part of our dignity that's important, He says in verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So he's given us a category of can we listen to someone and and with assurance and joy, as John says, begin to decipher it. Not like listening to children say who bit who. That's always like, oh gosh, that's very confusing and difficult. No, he gives us actually a very helpful rubric for us to begin to say this is false. And this is true. Um, I don't know if you, uh, my friend uh, graduated from college, and he was like 20, 22, and he said, oh, I bird now. I was like, what's bird? How, how do you bird? And I guess it was, a, <laughs> it was a verb I was unfamiliar with, is that he knows birds so well enough that he like does vacations to find certain birds. But if, if, you, if you read enough of the bird books, you can, right away, like you can say, that is, I don't even know any birds, but, but he, he did. <laughs> And he was like, oh, you live there in St. Louis? Oh, do you know this park? Oh, there's some amazing birds there. I was like, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Because it was all just gray to me. It's all birds. But for him, it was, it was, there, was a distinguish, there was a distinguishing mark between one or the other. And this is what John is giving us in this passage. He said, don't believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see away from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. It's normal to have false prophets trying to influence you. That is a normative experience. And so we li- when we go out into the world and we hear false prophets, that's a normal thing. So he's giving us a rubric to help us to understand. Uh, a friend of mine was get- getting really into this guy who was uh, trying to bring Buddhism and, and Christianity together. Trying to bring Buddhism and Christianity together. And how would you know? How would you be able to distinguish what's going on there? In verse 2 it says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now in the world today. So he's saying that there's there's two ways. The Spirit of God and the Spirit of the Antichrist. They're diametrically opposed. There's only two categories. It's actually relatively straightforward. And the question you have to ask yourself is, what do they say about Jesus? What do they say about Jesus? And this is when false teachers will oftentimes get sheepish. And he said, did he come in the flesh? Is he from God? Is he God in the flesh? It will part the sea of false teachers. It's very helpful. It's very, very helpful as you're going out into the world and you're trying to say, who do I listen to? And the false teachers are distinguished from the spirit of, of the Antichrist and the spirit of God. And in verse, uh, verse 4, it says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And this is the payoff pitch. See, I can use bat- baseball analogies because I'm like, Ah, oh, I'm in America. People know baseball. <laughs> it's not just up to you. It's not that you have to always get it right. That there is a real spirit inside of you that you can ask for help on. Like there is someone inside of you. This is, this is where we get very uncomfortable. 
there is something inside of you that's distinct from you and not distinct from you. This Holy One that is from the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the God, this God has come and made His dwelling among you. In you. That greater is the one inside of you than the one that's in the world. That greater is the one inside of you. Greater is the one inside of you. Greater than all the threats of the false teachers. Greater than all the suffering that you're going through. Is greater is the one inside of you than he that is in the world. You can test the Spirit and know. You can be confident. Is this the Spirit of the Antichrist or is this the Spirit of God? Because you have this Spirit in you. You have the Spirit in you, gentlemen. Over and over, as I said earlier, uh, John says that he calls you beloved children, dear children, loved ones, because the love of God comes first. God didn't come with the Ten Commandments to the people when they were in slavery in Israel. No, He rescued them first. He got them out first. He paid the debt first. And once they were out, then He said, this is how you should live. He comes with power first. He becomes your source first. Some of you guys are trying to get through something very, very difficult. And you can say, Spirit, help us. Spirit, help us. And I know it sounds a bit strange, but you can just... Over and over, you can just say that, and it will actually do something. I remember when I was about to give up my faith, and I went. They kind of, I kind of tricked him to let me into seminary. And uh, uh, I remember he called me back, and he was like, well, "I mean, do you, do you think you're a Christian now?" And I was like, "I mean, sometimes, like sometimes on like good days." And he said, "Well, I mean, that's kind of a part of it." And then he called my campus minister, this administrative person, uh, like assistant at Covenant, doing at, uh, the admissions department. He was like, I mean, who is this guy? And my campus minister came back to me. He's like, Stephen, you don't have to tell him everything. Like, when you're in an interview, you can leave some bits out. And I remember we were talking about this very niche theological thing, and I was so bored, and uh, I thought to myself, I don't belong here at all. And um, <clears throat> we were talking about it for so long, I, I literally, I couldn't stop laughing at how ridiculous, like, no one wants to know about this. And I remember, I remember, like, I just got to go pee. Like, I got to figure out something to do. And so I got up and I started laughing. And I was walking away. And, and, he, and he said, who wants to know more? Like, who wants to meet during lunch to talk about this? And I thought, and I remember turning back. And I was like, no one is going to raise their hand. And like 50 guys raised their hand. I was like, I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. And I remember just being so overcome with just, I don't like where I am in life. I remember I was, like, I was like, I need to find a study cubicle where I can close the door behind me. And so I found one, I remember, and I just got on my, I got on my face. And I like, this carpet is a little bit, it's the same way. Like, you put your carpet, it, you don't sink into the carpet, you know. It's like you just get a brush burn into the carpet. And I remember laying there and thinking, God loves me. He's going to get me through this. He has good things in store for me. And I just remember repeating that over and over again. I was, prob- I was doing it loudly. People were studying. Uh, probably through the door they could hear me. And I was kind of drooling as well. And I remember, I remember standing up and I remember thinking, this works. Like, this works. I'm feeling better. I was like, do people know that this works? That greater is the one that is in you than the one that is in the world. 
Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The one inside of you now, when you go to your next job, when you go your next job interview, when you go to your next, when you try your best to ask that girl out, the next time you do something hard, ask him for help. You can say it out loud. And if somebody calls you crazy, tell them to call me. Blame me. Throw me under the bus because greater is the one that is in you than the one that is in the world. He will help you. Jesus said, it's better for me to leave. It's better for me to leave. Can you imagine the line if Jesus were still here? Can you imagine the line of people that would want to talk to him? Because he said, no, no, the helper will come. And it's better that he comes in my absence. It's better that you have the Spirit than that you have Jesus sitting beside you right now. That he offers something to you that, 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 that the source of your power, so you know when your wife shows you contempt, and you just think to yourself, oh, that's what I think. Like, oh, hold on. Because greater is the one that is in you than the one that is in the world. He is ready to help you. He's ready to help you now. He's ready to help you today. To give you the assurance that you can go and do hard things because greater is the one that is in you than the one that's in the world. You can go and sacrifice. You can give away your money. You can give away your time because greater is the one that is in you than the he that is in the world. The things that you will give to God, he says, he says that he will, pay, he will repay you 30, 50, and 100 fold. Now, I don't know if you're into stocks, but buy that one. Buy that one because greater is the one that's in you than he that is in the world. I, um. I remember when I was trying to figure out what to do with my life, <clears throat> that's pretty much still happening, um, but we, we went to Indonesia because my brother really wanted to move to Indonesia, and, um, and we were sitting on this plane, and uh, this uh, Muslim cleric was sitting beside my sister-in-law, and, he, she, and he to, she, she, had, she was talking to him about faith, I can't even remember what they were talking about, and, she sa- and he said, you know one thing that I've never been able to figure out, and she said, what? I've never been able to figure out what to do with the ghosts that come to me at night. They terrify me. Does your God help with ghosts? And she, in this amazingly eloquent way, she said, our God sends a ghost inside of us to fight against any of the other ghosts that visit us. And he said, will you tell me more about that? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Friends, the Spirit of God is active and helpful and available to you. So to live this ecstasy of love in your life, you need him to help you. And he's available and he's been sent for you. Let's pray. Spirit, won't you help us, we pray, and remind us that it's the last hour. We just got one hour to go. Help us, give us strength for this last hour. Thank you for these men. I pray that you would send them out of here with love and joy and assurance. pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Please stand as we depart.
preparing to depart in the love of our God, who equips us by his spirit, creator in the world, for his glory, for the glory of the Father, Son, and this very spirit given.